today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We knew, uh, well, we didn't know, but we certainly thought this may happen because that's what the Chinese said. Uh, A former Canadian diplomat has been detained in China. Uh, Retaliation for the the Huawei arrest? Hmm, let's think. Uh, Let's bring in Michael Tope, Troy Media syndicated columnist, Washington Times contributor with us now. Michael, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, my pleasure, Scott. Any surprises here? Um, well, look, I mean, obviously you have to be careful when you tie two things together, but uh, it certainly does look coincidental that someone who's involved with the International Crisis Group, which looks at security issues, is sort of tied into a, uh, into a bit of a loop with Huawei Technologies, which is basically in court right now because of security concerns. So even though it's impossible to draw a line from A to B, obviously an imaginary line most people are going to think of. So it's surprising that it happened, but if you really want to think out in the distance, you know, let's hope there's not a tie or some sort of a link to it. But if there is, I don't think it would shock many people. Uh, what do we know about Michael Kovrig? Uh, he's a former Canadian diplomat and, and then working with this uh, private company, correct? Yes, the international... <clears throat> Mr. Kovrig, to be quite honest, I don't know very much about, but... The International Crisis Group has been around for many years, and uh, as I said, they look at security issues, and it can be security issues not necessarily in China, but around the world. Um, And for that reason, they have actually outlined and released reports over the years on possible security concerns that they could see based on not particularly for Western countries, but that Western countries or democracies like Canada should be worried about. And for that reason, um, I think that a lot of countries, including China, who, you know, I think we can safely say when it comes to security issues, don't really lead the world on that particular front. So would this person have been a friend of China's or a thorn? I don't even know if China would have specifically known him, but I mean, the organization is a thorn based on the things that they've revealed in the past. So for that reason, if something like what's been going on with Huawei has obviously made a lot of news, which it has both in Canada and China. Naturally, an organization like the International Crisis Group, it doesn't mean it's necessarily tied to it, but it would be a very easy target for the Chinese government to go after. So that's why we shouldn't be shocked that they're sort of caught in this web right now. What is China's reaction to this? Do they have any comment? Would that not explain all of this? Of course. And if you expect the Chinese to actually speak about it, they're not going to, because that is not in their nature. Would they deny that he, this has even happened? or? Well, I, I mean, I think it's fair to say. It's still a very fresh issue, but yes, I mean, eventually they're going to be pressed about it. And yes, they're eventually the State Department will release something. They have to. It's become an international issue. For example... One of the first issue, one of the first places I read about it today was in the Washington Post. So already it's being covered by American News. So yes, they're going to obviously have to issue some sort of a press release. They're going to have to directly state, obviously, that they knew nothing about Mr. Kovrig, nothing about you know that they have not had direct dealings with the International Crisis Group, and it's not correlated to what's happening with Huawei. But I mean, whether people are going to believe it or not, well, I think that's actually a pretty easy thing to understand and a pretty easy thing to resolve amongst yourselves. So how does this change the discussion? Uh, how does this change what happened in Vancouver? Well, um, it doesn't necessarily change it per se, because obviously the case that's going on against uh, Meng Wazu will obviously continue forward. She's the, uh, the CFO or uh, chief financial officer for Huawei. 
Um, but naturally, with something like this in the in the uh, in the zone, so to speak, I think it'll obviously color a lot of people's opinions in terms of what's going on. Even if there is no direct connection, it is kind of strange that a group that looks at security issues has actually, you know, that person has been, you know, is either missing, has either been arrested, or God knows what. And naturally, it's going to tie back to China, whether they like it or not. And the Chinese government can deny it from here until high heaven. It's not going to matter. A lot of people will make the position that, yes, you can draw this imaginary line here. And until the Chinese government resolve it in such a way that people at least agree that it's not directly connected or even indirectly connected, uh, it's going to loom over the court case. So uh, this is coloring people's perception about investing in China, creates more suspicion, sort of a tit-for-tat mentality here. Yeah, pardon, and I'm sorry, my apologies. Mm-hmm. I've been sort of recovering from bronchitis. Yeah, we're all sick, it seems. Yeah, go I ahead. I know. Tell me about it. But yeah, no, um, look, I, I, I think a lot of people realize that when it comes to security issues and concerns, China is very weak on that front. So anything that could be sort of linked to them in one shape or another is obviously going to color, as I said, or concern a lot of people. Whether it will necessarily or directly affect what happens to Meng Wazu is a good question, and I don't know. I mean, obviously, the court case is about to start, so we'll see what happens. But for based on the information that we've heard about Huawei and the concerns that a lot of countries, including the United States, have expressed about Huawei technologies for years, including reports, uh, different uh, security issues that have been passed to various services, etc., Canada was fully aware of the possibility that Huawei could have been connected in some nefarious scheme one, in one shape or another, it's just more, more a question of whether they really paid a lot of attention to what was coming out. But certainly, the, the Canadian government had been warned for years about this. Uh, for the last several years, last decade or so, it's all about China being the golden goose, everybody investing in China, that's where the future was, blah, blah, blah. Does, yep. this, change, does this change relations not only uh, politically, but in business? I mean, how, how, does this cha- how does this affect business moving forward? Well, you know, it's interesting. You and I, and I've discussed it with others, have talked about, obviously, Canada-Saudi Arabia relations and how they could be directly affected by what happened to the murdered journalist Jamal Khashoggi. And a lot of people are saying, well, I mean, shouldn't Canada get out of its Saudi arrangement for arms deals and various other things because of what we see here? And I've said, as you may recall, that it's very difficult to do this, and you have to sort of walk a fine line with the Saudis, because even though we know the issues with that country, they're still an important trading partner, more so to the U.S. than us, but it's there. This is a much bigger issue with China. You know, this is a country where we heavily rely upon them for goods and services and for trade and for various other things. You can't block out China. Actually, it's actually impossible to block out China. I don't even know how you could technically do it. Yeah. I mean, in the U.S. alone, China owns roughly about a third of the United States just through its debt alone. So I, you can certainly issue sanctions. You can obviously condemn the Chinese government for things. You can question the possible tie-in between this missing, uh, you know, Mr. Kovrig being missing and sort of suggest that it may all be linked but to say that it's going to actually change relations with China or that our business relationship is going to change, political relations have changed, they've been strained for years, Scott, as mm. we know. And that will continue to exist no matter what ultimately happens here with Huawei. But, yes, I mean, if you're going to be idealistic about it, 
you could make the point that, well, if China is doing things like this, and it's always been suggested that they do it behind the scenes, it's always been suggested that they've been linked to various things, why do we put up with it? Because, unfortunately, they are an economic superpower. So to block China from everything means that an enormous amount of things that we rely on on a day-to-day basis in this country would be lost. Can we take that risk in Canada? As, as hard as it may seem to say, and it may sound nasty to a lot of people, you can't. So you've got to deal with it in some other way, shape, or form. Human rights is one thing, uh, security another. Uh, Obviously, there's much more (laughs) of a threat from China than there is from Saudi Arabia or countries of that nature. Will this make us re-examine security policy and and how much they can control, for example, over telecommunications? Well, it, it should. I mean, look, there's been discussion of this for a long time, especially amongst telecommunications there's always been a fear that has existed, and this exists as long as I've been writing, which is more than 20 years, that China has tried to, or at least attempted to, get involved in some way or shape or form to either capture secrets from countries like Canada, or has tried to basically purchase up large blocks of real estate to have a presence here where they can build and establish relations and then do things behind the scenes. I mean, a lot of it is nonsense, of course, but on the other hand, there are always covert actions, especially from countries which are not directly tied to democracy or to the democratic way of thinking. China isn't whatsoever. I mean, even their relationship with Hong Kong, for example, which is this whole, you know, two democracies under one rule, Mm -hmm. there is no such thing. You know, that China controls its situation. China controls its behavior. China controls its day-to-day dealings with everyone. But how you actually change or adjust it is actually beyond me, because you could have done it 25, 30 years ago or further back, because China wasn't quite as powerful at that point. Right. They are far too strong, far too influential, and just, they're just far too involved with our lives that, yes, we can condemn them, and certainly for human rights abuses, that's very easy to do from Tiananmen Square on, but to do anything else, especially when it comes dollar-to-dollar or dollar-to-yen type of dealings, no, it's impossible. How much uh, world attention is this getting? Is it getting any? Where's Donald Trump on this? There was headlines earlier today uh, Mm -hmm. that trade tensions were easing between China and the United States, specifically within the Mm -hmm. auto industry. So how is this playing (laughs) out? Well, thus far, I think Trump is probably keeping keeping things to himself until he at least sees if there's a direct connection. I mean, based on what we know about the U.S. president, even before he became president, it's his nature to be suspicious. He's suspicious of everything. So I'm sure if he's already been told about this missing security specialist, and my guess is that he has been told about Mr. Kovrig to some extent, he probably behind the scenes you know, has dark thoughts about it, but is going to obviously wait to let it play out. You have to, to some degree. This doesn't mean that he won't tweet about it or say something about it down the road. But in terms of China per se, if we look past this issue, China-U.S. relations, you're right, have obviously eased up to some degree, especially with the auto industry. And there was a belief that basically the tariff issue, which has been you know, something that's affected the European Union, uh, Canada, Mexico, and others, um, it's also directly affected China. There seemed to be at least an ease in tensions just as, you know, as late as about a week ago. And my guess is that it will probably continue forward because Donald Trump, as, you know, the way he's operated as president, 
is always that no matter what he thinks privately about a country or all that, if it's to his political and economic benefit, he just barrels forward. That's why he hasn't changed his policy position, for example, on Saudi Arabia through this whole Khashoggi affair. My guess is that through Huawei, Kovrig, etc., yeah, behind the scenes he might be irritated, but he realizes that if he can gain a beneficial hold or improve the American economy in some way, shape, or form, or at least come to an arrangement with China that makes sense, irrespective of this case and maybe others that pop up from time to time, he'll keep moving forward, because that's just the way he operates. So no change in policy that I see. So is this just business, you know, this is a tit for tat and business as usual? I mean, how is someone who's arrested in Vancouver uh, and and charged, and and we certainly know more about that case, how is that equal to someone who just disappears in China and no one's talking and no one knows where this man is? (laughs) Well, it's a good question. Again, as I said before, not to be a broken record, it depends if there's any direct relation to it or even an indirect relation. If there's nothing and it just happens to have come up at the same time, which, look... So is it a rogue element? So is this just some rogue element in China? It it could be. You know, obviously there are rogue elements in every country, including our own. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it's possible that someone could be operating on its own and either taking revenge against what they see happening to Huawei, directly in Vancouver, um, to to Meng Wanzhou. But, but, I mean, that's one possibility. Or... It could be directly tied to the Chinese government. The problem is we just don't know at this stage because it's still very fresh. If in time we find out that there is some sort of a direct link to a non-government operative or just an organization that, as you said, has gone rogue, that at least ensures that the Chinese government is at least waiting to see what this court case involving the Huawei official, how it actually goes, what the result is, and what the verdict is before they make a decision one way or the other. If we find a tie somewhere, you know, in some fashion, that it's not a rogue outfit, but rather someone, some group directly tied in some fashion to the Chinese government, that's a whole different kettle of wax, and it's going to actually open up things in wild directions, and God knows what will happen at that point. Well, we saw protests yesterday uh, in Vancouver from the Chinese community in what has happened there, uh, yep. and them denouncing the United States in, in one scenario I saw, you know, dirty Trump, his dirty politics. Yep. Is this pitting, is this pitting uh, China, uh, Canadians against the U.S. or or against China. I mean, are Canadians going to have to pick who they're more loyal to, the Chinese or to, you, to the United States of America? That's quite the choice. Um, no, I, I don't think Why so. Why is it even being brought up when you think about it, Michael? Well, because that's news. <laughs> they bring up everything. So they bring up all angles, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, intellectual discourse is a good idea, not a bad idea. But there, unfortunately, are theories that float out. And I think we've seen it more in the past five to ten years than ever before. where there's really no direct connection. And I don't like seeing it. I don't think you like seeing it. Most people don't. But to say that we would have to take sides, just to use your example as a hypothetical, between the U.S. and China, an issue like this, I don't think we necessarily have to decide as Canadians which is right or which is wrong. I think that really as Canadians what we should be more concerned about is the general concept of security and whether we have you know, we, whether we occasionally have security breaches through the telecommunications industry and others. That should be the thing we're most worried about. 
you know, whether Donald Trump speaks out or doesn't say anything for quite a while on this issue is neither here nor there. Whether the Chinese government directly or is indirectly involved, yes, it affects the case, and it's something that we have to pay attention to, but I think that the overarching or at least the overriding concern should be security. And that has been a worry for many, many years. Organizations like CSIS and others have suggested for a long period of time that security breaches have been happening in Canada on a fairly regular basis for at least three to four decades. That's something we should be worried about, and we need to plug those holes immediately. And that's something that's incumbent upon any federal government, liberal, Tory, or otherwise, whoever is in power. That, co- that government really needs to stop this immediately. Michael Tobe has been with us, Troy Media Syndicated columnist, contributor to The Washington Times. Michael, thank you so much. Much appreciated. My pleasure. Have a good day. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.